0: Then when my sweetheart husband abruptly left this earth, I felt like half of me was gone and that the lights turned dim. But I called and the Lord my God answered in an amazing way, myriad ways. Mm -hmm. So I can give him all praise, honor, and glory. One of the things that he did was that my finances were cut in half, but my expenses were not. And so, calling to the Lord, he gave me the idea to call one of the godly men in our church to give me some wise counsel from which I really benefited. Mm -hmm. Then, too, my joy was just dimmed and I called to the Lord and he brings joy to me in amazing ways, Amen. unexpected, Amen. unconventional, Amen. glorious ways that could only come from him. Amen. So call. Amen. Call. He is faithful.
1: Amen. Wow.
2: Thank you. Good word.
1: This is Michael Stoddard.
2: Yeah. So um, earlier this year, I felt really convicted that I haven't been intentionally going out and sharing the um, gospel with the lost. So I made a decision that I was actually going to start sharing the gospel every Friday night with the Sepulitas. Um The taking action part can be quite terrifying, though, for most of us. Um, so, I mean, you know, you, you have no idea they're they're going to ask some kind of question that you don't know. They're going to um, reject you. Um, so there's fear of like failure and you know everything else. So. Um, you name it, I thought it, so, um, I have now been going out, um, and, and just trusting the Holy Spirit to, to, um, give me the words to say when the time is right. And he has done that more times than I can count. Um, now I've been going for a few times and I've probably had hundreds of gospel conversations, Mm. um, over the last few months. And, um, I've seen the Lord do some incredible things despite my weaknesses, Mm. Um, and my very pregnant wife has <laughs> actually come out <laughs> as well. So, um, but there's a few things that I've just really learned through the process. Um, one, we tend to make this way more complicated than it needs to be. Mm. Two, people are genuinely wanting to talk about faith. They're just waiting for somebody to come talk to them. Um, and third, and most importantly, God only asks us to be obedient, um, and he is faithful to take care of the details.
1: Man, good stuff. Love it.
3: This is Jesse Straight. So, over the years, I've been through a couple of career changes, and um, some of them were financially good. Some of them were financially bad. Some of them were emotionally good. Some of them were emotionally bad. Some of them were a combination of both. Um, but over the years, I know that God has been with me through it every step of the way. <clears throat> I've gone through seasons where I would, couldn't see what he was doing and I felt kind of lost in it, um, but just taking it day by day and as the time went on and got through it, it's easy to look back and see exactly what he was doing and where he was in it. And, um, and so recently uh, I had the opportunity to leave an established company and start a company doing something that had never been done before. Uh, it sounds exciting. It is, um, but there's also a lot of risk. Scariest fun you've ever had? Yes. And so <laughs> there's a lot of room for the enemy to do his work in my heart and mind. Um, but I've learned over the years that God is with me. He's guiding me. He's guiding my family. And he's, he's leading our steps daily to really just trust him more and more. Mm. And so I want to leave you with this. It's uh, Proverbs sixteen nine. 9. It's... Um, in a heart, in your heart, a man makes. A, let me just read it. In their hearts, a man plans his course, but the Lord establishes his steps. Mm, good so. word. Thank you, ma'am.
1: Sarah Holt.
4: Okay. <laughs> okay. So I've recently become a realtor, and because of the unpredictability of income, I've had to really trust God for my needs in a way I did not have to before. This has made me think more on the concept of daily bread—the idea that God gives us everything we need for today, just today, not tomorrow that will come. I've struggled with anxiety and the idea that I like to have a plan, I like to have control. I like to know what's next, as in financial provision, where I'm going to live next year, what the rest of this week or year looks like, which makes this career a huge step of faith. I've had to learn to rest that God has everything planned out for the appropriate timing. Now, having faith does not mean be lazy. You still need to put in the work to better God's kingdom for his glory. It's not a let go and let God, but it's a take hold with God. God will sustain you. He will provide for you. He will meet you here and give you all you need for today.
1: Amen. Mm. I want to. I, I just want to take this opportunity to tell my daughter how proud I am of her. Me too. And... Uh, yeah. Amen. And I know that it was a step of faith for you to even be here and do this. And, uh, but I remember when you first went into this real estate stuff, you said, I remember one day you got all excited. You said, I get to help people. I get to help people with a great decision. I think your first closing was like happened in two weeks. And then you're like best friends with the person who sold their house <laughs> because they loved you so much because you're so gifted and you have great people skills, and you love people so much. So I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. Mm. All right, you're dismissed. (laughs) I'm full. I don't know about you. All right. Did I forget something? Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, let's get into the Word. All right, so uh, last week we learned that faith is believing and acting on who God is and what He says. That's our definition of faith. Believing and acting on who God is and what He says. Um, You read the Word by faith. God, you you said this is your Word. I may not feel like it, but but I believe that it is, and so I'm going to act on that by getting into your Word and then trusting you to speak to me of, uh, God, you say in your word that people are lost without Jesus and we're called to share our faith, so I don't feel like it, I'm not feeling this strong leading, but I'm going to initiate a spiritual conversation in obedience to you to maybe share with somebody and lead them to Christ. Uh, faith, a prayer is a huge act of faith. You, you, you pray believing what, what he says in his word and who he is because he commands us to, and so it's a step of faith to pray for situations and people. So those are some examples. We learned last week that faith pleases God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So with faith, it does please God. Faith must be rooted in the Word. The Word, uh, it says in Romans 10 and 17, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. Can we bring up those points from last week, please? Thank you, there we go. Faith must be rooted in the Word. And thirdly, we learn that faith begins the salvation journey, the justification part of salvation. We are in the sanctification part of salvation. Justification happens when we place our faith in Christ. We we say, God, you say in your Word that I'm a sinner. You say in your Word that Jesus is the only solution. You say in your Word that if I put my faith and trust in Him, you will save me. You say in your Word that if I open the door, you'll come in. And so you believe that. You trust that. You don't wait for a feeling. The Bible says that You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You believe in your heart God raised Him from the dead. You will be saved. So how do you know you're saved? Because His Word says it. When you do what He says is required for salvation, which is simply receiving and believing and putting your faith and trust in Christ. Number four, after you are justified saved, now you are in sanctification salvation, and we are to walk by faith. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. We walk by faith, not by sight. You look at our world today, and you might... Sight may say that God's not in control, that everything is going in shambles. If you're looking at sight, if you're watching the news, if that's all your basis for your belief, then you could get discouraged and you could think, well, God must be asleep, God must not be active. But His Word says things are going to get bad. His Word says that in the end times, people's love will grow cold and many will abandon the faith. His Word says He is sovereign, He's in control, and so you choose to believe His Word. Even when it goes against what you're seeing, and actually the more you get into His Word, you realize what I'm seeing is actually in His Word. He's predicted this. He's told us ahead of time so we not lose heart. Because if we live by sight, we'll lose heart. If you live by sight, you'll lose heart. If you live by circumstances, you'll lose heart. If you, if you live by sight, you'll give up. So it is so crucial. It goes back to our definition. is believing and acting on who He is. You've got to know His nature. One of the most important studies for any person is the attributes of God. Knowing who He is. Your faith is only as big as your knowledge of God's nature and Word. you got a shallow knowledge of God, you'll have a shallow faith. If you have a shallow knowledge of His Word, you'll have a shallow faith. Knowing His attributes, knowing His nature, because when push comes to shove and things get rough, and we'll talk about the testing of our faith today, you go back to who He is. And then five, faith involves action, which I hope these testimonies showed you today, how these people and many of you are taking action. Faith without works is dead. So that's what we left off. Here's our five new points. Number six, faith grows with time and experience. Concerning the promise of God, Abraham grew strong. Growth takes time. Physical growth takes time. Spiritual growth takes time. We don't become mature overnight, don't we wish we did? Don't we wish at the moment we got saved and baptized, all of a sudden, bingo, we are fully sanctified. But that doesn't happen. It's a journey. It's a process. And just like a a muscle grows with exercise and time, so does our faith. The Israelites in the Old Testament grew as they experienced success and failure. Jesus in the New Testament with his disciples, oh my goodness, how much he... Persevered and was patient with his disciples. At times he said, How long shall I put up with you, O oh, ye of little faith? Peter showed this point when he stepped out of the boat and he walked on water and he fell in. His faith didn't last long. Matter of fact, when Jesus said, Ye of little faith, the word little there in the Greek, means little duration. He wasn't rebuking him like, you're a moron, how foolish of you. It was more of a, your faith only lasted a little bit of time. It only lasted you a few steps. But, that's going to change. Day of Pentecost. Peter gets filled with the Holy Spirit. Life is transformed. Now his faith extended. Where he only took a few steps and fell, when he got filled with the Holy Spirit and he had those three years with Jesus and his faith was, had been growing, it lasted longer, even to the point dying and crucifixion upside down because he said, I'm not worthy to die like my Lord. That's the same Peter who fell in the water because he took his eyes off Jesus. So aren't you glad today that God is patient? Aren't you glad today that God is merciful? Aren't you glad today that when we fall in, he doesn't discard us? But he says, I can work with her. I can work with him if they get up. If they'll repent, if they'll admit their need, if they'll be humble, I can work with them. Oh, I can work with them. So I can just imagine Peter gets back in the boat after falling in and the disciples may have roused him. Ah, oh, man, look at you, guys. You're all wet. And he goes, at least I got out of the boat. I'd rather walk two steps on the water than be a boat hugger. Come on. Are you a water walker or a boat hugger? Even if I fall in, I'd rather take a few steps. And he grew more because of that experience. Some of you are hanging on to the boat of security and safety right now. God wants to rock your boat. God wants to use this little series. I believe strongly that this little two-week series is prophetic for some of you. Some of you are facing decisions and God's going to use this to show you time to step out of the boat. May involve a relationship, may involve finances, may involve a career decision or a job. Some of you, God's knocking on your door to go into full-time vocational ministry. Some of you, you've been toying with even getting saved, watching online, you're here today, you've heard the gospel. God's tugging on your heart and you've resisted. Because you don't want to give up control. Listen, if you know who God is, you'll willingly give Him control because who can better run your life than the one who created you? Just logically go through this. It makes logical sense to be a Christian. The God who created the universe, the God who wove me together in my mother's womb, the God who knows the past, the future, and the present, why would I not want to give my life to Him? (laughs) That's the best for me. Oh, you think you can run your life better than the one who created you? Good luck. (laughs) And so some of you, God is calling you to surrender and give your heart and life to Christ and be born again. So, faith grows over time. And it's a process. You know, in baseball, if you get a hit one out of three times, you'll be the league leader. You'll be batting 333 and you'll be at the top. Acuna, I think, has just a little higher average than that right now. And, but... One out of three. So you can strike out two times and only get one hit, and you'll be the league leader. Take heart in that. That as we walk this journey with Jesus, you're going to stumble, you're going to fall, but man, just keep making progress. Number seven, faith will be tested. James 1 and 3, the testing of our faith. I can tell you this, mine has sure been tested and continues to be tested. You think I'm above this? No, I'm not. The death of loved ones, when I was pretty sure God was going to heal him, and he didn't on earth, has tested my faith. The betrayal of close friends has tested my faith. Something not happening that I firmly believed was the will of God has tested my faith. In my book, Well Done, I have a chapter well done in passing tests. Because it says the testing of our faith. And so when you're in school, you take tests to see if you know the material. And if you pass the test, you advance, go to the next level. If you fail the test, you either have to take the test again or you digress. You get knocked down a grade. I don't know that it's much different spiritually. We go through this sanctification journey and we are tested If I fail the test, then I digress, or I have to take it again. I don't want to take it again, Lord. (laughs) If I pass the test, I advance. I advance in maturity. I advance in strength. My faith muscle grows stronger. And so when you go into a difficult season or situation, view it as a test. View it as, okay, I'm being tested By the grace of God and the power of the Spirit and through His Word, I want to pass this test, God. And then you begin to humbly call upon Him. God, I need need Your grace. He loves a prayer of humble dependence. God loves the prayer of, God, I, I don't have what it takes to pass this, but I know You do, and You live in me, so empower me, strengthen me, help me, God. Man, that kind of prayer, I just believe, activates heaven. My wife has given me a great insight into a passage. Proverbs 9 verse 10. This is really good. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You see, when we're going through a difficult time, we think that understanding is being shown why it's happening. We want to know, why did this happen? What's the purpose in this? But this passage teaches us what you need is not the understanding of why it happened, but the understanding of who God is. The knowledge of the Holy One. The knowledge of a sovereign, faithful, good, merciful, loving God. That is the understanding you need. Not, why did it happen? Now, if he shows you why it happened, hallelujah, that's icing on the cake. But The cake is knowledge of the Holy One. Paul went through much difficulty with God and he had an interesting phrase in 1 Timothy 6.12 fight the good fight of the faith isn't that interesting fight the good fight of the faith when a person is in the boxing ring they're going to get punched (laughs) and you know what Part of the fight of faith is we're going to get punched. You might get punched with cancer. You might get punched with a relational difficulty. You might get punched with financial challenges. You might get punched with physical issues in your body. You might get punched with anxiety or fear. You might get punched by the enemy in various ways. And so I love that Paul says, it is a fight. It's a fight of faith. And you're going to get punched. And you may get knocked down, but get up. Get up in the power of the Spirit. And and not only be willing to face the punches and not let them put you out, punch back. And we're going to talk in a minute about how you punch back by using the Word of God. But but I find this phrase fascinating because it's so honest. And sometimes you do feel like it's a fight, don't you? you? Where are you getting punched right now where in your life are you feeling like man I don't I don't know how much longer I can go I'm in I'm in the 13th round of this 15 round heavyweight championship and I am weary and my nose is bleeding and I got a black eye and I go back to the corner and they're giving me suggestions but it doesn't seem like anything's working so it's a fight where's your faith being tested Where where are you in that fight right now? And I, I believe that some of you need to hear this from the Lord right now. God says, I love you. I know you're going through difficulty. Hold fast. Hold fast. I'll sustain you. Don't give up. Call upon me. Hold to my character and my promise. The Spirit of God in you is stronger than those punches. Fight. Stand. Persevere. I can enable you to pass this test. Hallelujah. Receive that from the Lord. He he wants to encourage you today. Some of you are weary. And this is where sometimes you call upon the body of Christ. We're not alone. We saw it in the baptisms today. When you get saved, you're put into the body of Christ. Look at the people in this room. You may not know many people's names, but you have access to a great resource of wisdom, strength, guidance, and help. Call upon. Get to know people. Get in a small group. Call me if you need to. Say, I need help here. I'll be able to point you to somebody. That's, that's one of the things I love about my job, <laughs> Past is, is hearing stories, knowing people, what they've been through. Oh, you just lost a spouse? I'll send you here. Oh, you've been through an abortion? I'll send you here. Oh, you're going through depression? I'll send you there. Oh, you struggle with anxiety? I'll send you to that person. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. God unleashes his army to help and encourage us. Hallelujah. That was free, it wasn't in the notes. Number eight, faith is ultimately in the person of Jesus. Now this goes back to the knowledge of the Holy One, but just to restate it. Christianity is a relationship, it's not a religion. It's not a system of rules and procedures. It's all about Jesus. Knowing Him, loving Him, trusting Him, walking with Him. He said to His disciples, follow me. Not follow a list, not follow do's and don'ts. Not check these things off, but follow me, the person of Jesus. It's a relationship. Ultimately, faith, yes, it's in the Word, but it's ultimately in the person of Jesus because He is the living Word of God. Bring it back to relationship. And this is where I love the honesty that we can have and, and why I love the book of Psalms. Because you see this journey of faith with David and Asaph and other people that Man, they struggle. They're just so brutally honest. But they come back to holding fast to Him. Psalm 73. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And besides thee, I desire nothing on earth. My heart and my flesh will fail. But you are the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And he says in John 17, this is eternal life that they may know you. It's all about knowing Jesus. Number nine. And here's where we get into punching back. (laughs) this point is going to be very practical for many of you and it's going to challenge some of you and I encourage you to listen carefully. I believe it might be one of the most important points I share. Number nine, faith involves speaking the word. It's a major way to fight. 2 Corinthians 4 and 13, fascinating passage. I believe, therefore I have spoken. You see that? I believe, therefore I have spoken. So speaking and believing are tied together. With that same spirit of faith, that's the Holy Spirit in us, gives us the ability to believe. We also believe and therefore speak. Now, this is not a new concept. God spoke the world into existence. Proverbs says, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Hmm. Jesus said to the storm, Be still. Mark 11, speak to this mountain, be moved. Just quoting your scripture, guys. Jesus spoke to the lame man, take up your pallet and walk. Jesus spoke to the demons, be gone. In Acts 3, Peter and John walking along, the lame man's begging for money. Silver and gold have we none, but in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Whoa, that's Speaking. Now this is, listen, this is not name it, claim it, confess it to possess it, theology, prosperity. Because that's when, listen, that's when you speak stuff for selfish and materialistic gain. This is speaking truth and speaking the word of God for God's glory and God's kingdom and God's will. Motives are huge. I'm going to repeat that. This is not name it, claim it, confess it to possess it, prosperity, theology. That's when you speak stuff for selfish and materialistic gain. This, what I'm talking about, is speaking truth, speaking the word for God's glory and God's kingdom and God's will. Salvation. Romans 10. You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. I sin. Okay, have I lost my salvation? No, because he said... I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Then what do I do? First John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So I sin, I slip, I'm convicted. I'm aware that I got out of God's will. I bring it to the Lord. I bring it to the cross. I confess with my mouth, 1 John 1, 9. I receive his forgiveness and I continue to walk in the righteousness that I have in Christ. Satan comes to condemn. Satan comes to accuse. Satan says, you're an idiot. I say, no, I'm not. I am righteous in Christ. That sin is under the blood. I'm forgiven by Christ and I accept that. That's how you do this. Quit living in defeat. Quit getting punched and get out of the ring. Fight back with the word, with faith. That's what he's called you to do. Someone hurts me. I want to be bitter. I want to get back. I want to take revenge. But God's word says, don't take revenge. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Forgive as you've been forgiven. So I take that sin that came upon me. I don't let it velcro to my spirit. I take it, mm, pull it off, put it at the cross, forgive them by faith, and move on in the freedom that Christ has given me. Hallelujah. That's what you do. You're tempted. There's a temptation. Knocking at your door. Knocking at your computer. Knocking at your phone screen. Knocking at work at the water cooler. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. No temptation has overtaken me. For God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. With the temptation will provide a way of escape. God, I choose that way of escape right now. I choose to obey you. I resist that. And like Jesus, I say, it is written, it is written, it is written, get behind me, Satan. I'm going to walk with Jesus. That's how you do it. You feel a demonic attack, oppression, a dream that you know is not of God, a dream to take your life, a dream that puts you in fear, puts you in anxiety. James 4, 7 says, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And so you take that verse to heart. You speak it out loud. You pray on the armor of God. God, I put on the helmet of salvation today. I put on the breastplate of righteousness today. I put that belt of truth around me. I hold up that shield of faith. I put those shoes of peace on. And we're going into this day with hope and anticipation, God. Speaking the word. Speaking truth. You believe, therefore speak. That's what it says do. You don't feel God. Go about your day and the Feelings aren't there. You wonder, has God left me? Hebrews 13, 5 says, He'll never leave you nor forsake you. God, you said in your word, you'll never leave me nor forsake me. This bad thing happened. It seems to have derailed me. Your word says, Romans 8, nothing can separate me from your love. Something happens, it really rattles you, punches you in the face, punches you in the gut. But you say, God, you say in your word, Romans 8 and 28... All things work together for good to those who love you. I love you, God. Called according to your purpose, I'm called according to your purpose, God. I'm going to stand on that verse, and I'm going to repeat it, and I'm going to believe it, and let you fulfill it in your time. I'm to return the first 10% to God. Oh, God, I don't know how I can do it. The bills are pressing. The budget doesn't work out. But you say in your word, return to me the first 10%. And you say to test me. Whoa, that's big language. Me test you with that? Yes. And you say, if I'll do that, you'll pour out a blessing. So God, by faith, I am speaking Malachi 3 over my finances. I'm going to bring that first 10%. I'm going to trust you for the rest because 90 plus God is greater than 100 without God. (laughs) That's how you do this. Come on. This is how you do it. You believe and you speak. So where do you need to start speaking? Where in your life do you need to take a challenge, take a problem, and bring God's Word into that? Write it down. Put it on a card. And begin to speak it. There's power in speaking your faith. All right. Final point, and This should give us great hope for the future. Faith will one day be unnecessary. Ha, <laughs> ha, Hallelujah. Yesterday, we had an amazing memorial service for Al Peabody. Vivian, Jeff, Al's brother, other family members, raise your hand that are here with the Peabody family. All of you, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Come on. Great service yesterday. Man, we celebrated Al's faith. And see, his faith has now moved to sight. And so will yours one day if you're in Christ. You see, we we walk by faith, not by sight, here. But there, we won't need faith. Because we'll see Him face to face. 1873, Horatio Spafford lost his four daughters on an accident at, at sea. His wife was spared, but his daughters were not. And he wrote that great hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. The last verse. And Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound, and the Lord shall descend even so. It is well with my soul. You see that line, he says, the day will come when my faith shall be sight. Now we see in a mirror dimly; then face to face. We'll walk with him. We'll see him. Every tear will be taken away, and we'll be in that new heaven and new earth. Faith won't be necessary. Hallelujah! So here's what we've learned in this two weeks: we've learned that faith pleases God. It must be rooted in the Word. We're saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. We walk by faith every day. It involves action. Grows with time and experience. It's going to be tested. It's ultimately in the person of Jesus. It involves speaking the word. One day, hallelujah, it will not be necessary. All right, let's take some questions. Text those in or you can raise your hand and a mic will be brought to you. questions do you have related to the topic and the points we've covered in the last two weeks?
5: I've got one. One of my favorite stories that you've told is about how you had to have faith to move from Wisconsin
1: to here, and, and it was a big step. Would you just kind of review how that happened? Yeah. So I think that, um, the greater the decision, the more careful you are about pulling the trigger. And it was, it was over a period of a year plus that the Lord began to show me that I was to leave the church that I had pastored for 18 years that had grown from 80 to 1400. And it was at an amazing place where I was in my groove. And yet he said, leave it all. And the verse he gave me was about Genesis 12, go to the land I will show you. I'm not going to show you what's next. I'm just saying, you got to take this step and I'll show you when you get there. Well, that's very uncomfortable. You got four kids and income needs and all that. And, but over a course of a year plus, he did numerous things to confirm it. And I say, you never make a major decision on signs, wonders, and those type of things, fleeces, leases or to confirm what he's already said to you or to start the process that he'll confirm in other ways and and he did a number of things to confirm that that was what i was to do and so we moved here by faith i had no job for nine months and that's when i wrote my book for pastors i would have never been able to do that had i not taken that season and so we literally we get here and i'm like what am i supposed to do god other than walk this mile dirt road and get frustrated at you what what have i left behind and there were many of those walks just pouring out my heart to god but then he laid on my heart to write that book, which has now put me in Africa and other places of the world. And so, but but it was one of the biggest steps of faith I took, because he didn't tell me what was on the other side. He just said, "You're to leave this. You're to trust me. I'll show you when you get there." And uh, he was so faithful. And uh, I got punched many times during that nine months. But praise God, he sustained me, and here we are today. Thank you. All right. We have one right.
5: Hey, David. Yes. This is Carol Marsden. Hey. Um, I just want to talk about faith and stepping out, um, especially for those of you who have had abortions um, or a, a father of a lost child, that um, to please uh, reach out to join that small group. Um, I didn't know what was happening. But I used to be um, at Athens Pregnancy Center, and I'm also um, have had an abortion when I was 17, and it took me for almost 40 years to get healing. Mm. So I am challenging you, young women who have, and older women who have gone through an abortion, to find healing now. Mm. Don't don't wait. So if you have that tug in your heart to maybe I should do that, maybe I should sign up for that class. I'm going to tell you, sign up for that class. I didn't even know about it, um, but I'm going to be there. I've I've walked a lot of women through it, Mm. and and so I'm I'm going to sign up as well because my heart still aches for that lost child so many years ago. So please, if you have that, I I challenge you, Mm. step out in faith to do that.
6: Thank you, Carol. That's good. It's a twofer. (laughs) We got a twofer. All right. um, the about uh, giving, giving back to God, you know, he asked for his 10%, but, you know, that's just the baseline. That's the floor. Mm. If you give above and beyond that, <laughs> you even open the floodgates even more. Amen. And I can tell you right now, personally, and from my own life, every time that Carol and I have been faithful in giving back to God, inst- I want to say instantaneously, but, you know, within a week or two, we, we see it. Something, a blessing happens, it's not always financial. Sometimes it's even better than financial. It's a new position that's even more fulfilling. It pays less money. But you know, overall, what's more important? Your sense of uh, well-being and worth minus a dollar sign. Okay? But I can honestly say, quite frequently, about 90% of the time, it's been financial uh, abundance always giving, coming back to us in, mm. in bushels and boatloads. Um, I know it's hard at first. Yeah. You know, there. people say, well, we'll step at 1%, let's start at 2%, let's start at 5%. No, just jump in 10%, and pretty soon <laughs> Amen. you go for Why be the, partially obedient? Yeah, just, just <laughs> sit, send it away. Forget about it. It's not even your money. Amen. I mean, as long as you have that attitude, like, this is God's, it's his first fruits, give it back. You don't miss it. You don't think about it you don't even you see the number on a spreadsheet but that's not my number my number is after that I love it. and so you know i just say everything else you step in faith and you may see something or you don't you know mm. you're not sure if it was that really because of that but money is money and it's mm. concrete it's not evil the love of money is evil but the money itself mm. is a tool and all of a sudden you open your toolbox and you have more tools and you give God more tools back. So that's mm. basically the bottom line. So good word, Jesse. Man. Amen. It's so good.
1: And it's the only area that he says, test me. Because I'm just so eager to prove myself. Got a great one texted in. Since faith will be unnecessary one day, what's the meaning of 1 Corinthians 13, 13, where it says, These three remain, faith, hope, and love, one of which is faith. So faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. Faith won't be necessary hope won't be necessary because hope is the anticipation of something that's to come we won't even have we'll, we'll have endless hope in eternity so you really won't have hope there but love will endure forever because we'll be in a relationship of the greatest love with god and the greatest love with one another that's my take on that
2: so something that um something that we see especially through the course of addiction like we can condition our bodies basically to the substance or to the action um, and although I do agree that temptation is absolutely from the enemy, sometimes we kind of bring it on ourselves. Oh, can, absolutely. Can you speak to, yeah. to God who heals the things that we've done and that undoes those processes that we've already set in motion?
1: So, yeah, temptation either has three sources, the world, the flesh, or the devil. Some is from the enemy, like Jesus tempted in the wilderness. Some is just our flesh because we're prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love we just have the weakness of our flesh it's still being sanctified and then there's just the world we live in a fallen world where there's temptation and so i think the key is romans 13:14 put on the lord jesus christ make no provision for the flesh and so if we're if we're watching explicit material or a movie that has a certain scene in it well we brought that on you know you you've brought that into your life by what you're watching or looking at or certain music if those things elicit and feed the unsanctified parts of your flesh, you're responsible for that, which is why he says make no provision. Circumcise those things out of your life. The the more we remove those things, the more we protect ourselves. Give you an example. Two weeks, we're in Africa. Ladies, listen. Listen. Two weeks, we're in Africa, where women cover up. We get back to the U.S. and it felt like we got hammered in the face because of how women dress in this country. No, it was like one of the biggest culture shocks I've ever experienced because for two weeks, I mean, really, that we never were even exposed to anything that could have been tempting to the eyes. And then we come back to America. I love what Deedee says. She teaches young women dress to draw attention to your eyes. And if you dress to draw attention to anything other than your eyes, you need to look at your heart. And you need to say, why am I doing that? What am I trying to elicit from others? Dress to draw attention to your eyes. Amen? Maybe he brought conviction to many right now. If so be, repent. <laughs> uh-huh. I have one. Yes, sir. This will be the last one. Because um, we <clears throat> getting close to be. Hi, this is Joey. I have a question about... Um, so when we are, especially for the men, when we are like punched so much on the face... Say again, I'm not understanding. <clears throat> when we are punched on the face okay. and wounded, um, usually it's hard to share or ask for help. Mm. Um, and mainly because sometimes everybody's kind of distracted with the world. And to how to communicate that seriousness of the battle, and also ask for help, and on the other hand, how to help our brothers that are getting punched, to be better listening, and be like a knight coming and helping them (laughs) in the battle. Good. I love that you asked that, because the Bible says, bear one another's burdens, and thus fulfill the law of Christ. You can't bear a burden you don't know about, and my vision and heart for this church is that we be a body that's real, that's transparent, that... Nobody feels like they got to come in and put on the face, pretend they're, they're okay when they're struggling, that we could be a body that exhibits truth and grace. So the grace to say, man, no judgment from me, no condemnation from me, I, I'm so proud of you for sharing that struggle, for sharing that weakness, for sharing that you fell. Let's work together to go to God, bring His truth into that, bring healing into that. And so it does, it takes courage, it takes humility to admit that we're struggling, to reach out to a brother. But that's why we need to be in these small groups, our home groups, our other atmospheres, Ironman groups and other places where you're getting to know people and you know that I can trust them with this. I'm, they're not going to condemn me, beat me up. And, and you can come forth with your struggles and problems. And again, the key is truth and grace. We don't want to just have grace. Oh, no big deal. You know, we all struggle. No, we need, we need the truth. Man, what are you doing? Why are you looking at that stuff? You know, you have brought this to our group the last five weeks. Maybe you need to take some more action. So there's that kind of iron sharpening iron in there, but always unconditional love, unconditional acceptance to support that person in their struggle. And that's what I hope God creates here. And that's our vision for this church, that we could be that kind of people. All right, let's review our 10 points one more time. Faith pleases God. Don't you want to please him? Don't you want to please him? It must be rooted in the Word. Aren't you glad for His Word that anchors our faith? Praise God that when you put your faith in Christ alone, you can be born again and saved. Praise God for this journey, this adventure, number four, of walking it out every day. And it involves action. Faith without works is dead. And one of the ways we put it into action is speaking, which we get to. But faith grows with time and experience. Aren't you glad God's patient and merciful with us to take us where we are and where we haven't gone? It's going to be tested. Don't be surprised when it is. But that's a chance for your faith to be strengthened. And it's ultimately in the person of Jesus. It's all about relationship. We speak the word as a way of putting our faith into practice. And praise God, there's coming a day, hallelujah, when we won't need to walk by faith anymore because we'll see him face to face. Will you see him face to face? Do you know Christ? Are you born again today? If not, receive him today. I want us all to just stand right now. Worship team, if you'd come up. I'm going to call you today. If you are willing to say to God, I want to walk by faith. God, I want to live this out. I'm weak right now, wherever you're at, but you say, I want to walk by faith. And I want God to strengthen my faith. I want to go to new heights with Him. But if you're willing to say to God today, I want to live this out. I want to walk by faith in the power of the Spirit. I'm going to invite you just to come up to the front right now. And I just want to pray over you as a group. So you come now. If you're willing to say to God, I want to walk by faith. God, I want to live this out. God, I want you to just increase my faith. Take me deeper. Take me higher. Oh God, I want to be that person that when the world increasingly goes south, I'm going to stand. By the power of your Spirit, I'm going to stand. Y'all come close. Many are coming. Come close. Maybe you want to kneel. Mm. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Some of you, maybe coming forward means you're receiving Christ. I don't know where you're at. But if you would want to say, I want to receive Christ today, you come as well. And just, it's your way of saying, God, I'm, turning to you. I'm crying out to you. I want Jesus to be the center. I want to walk by faith. I want to be that person that maybe they're punched. Maybe they're knocked down, but they get up. They don't get out of the ring. Father, you see these now that have responded, and I thank you. Thank you for these. Just hold your hands up to the Lord and just This is a sign of surrender and receiving from Him. God, I ask now that You open their eyes to see You more clearly. Even now, if you would want to give any a, a vision or a word picture of yourself, knowing You is so key. So I ask You to give them a greater awareness, sense of who You are. God, I ask now in the name of Jesus that you would increase their hunger and thirst for you and for your word. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be satisfied. God, I ask now that you would increase their faith. I think of the father of the child where he said, I believe, help thou my unbelief. So I pray now that you would increase the faith of those who've come forward. Bless their humility and their crying out to you now. And so I pray for the gift of faith. I pray that you would speak clearly to them about your will. If there are directions there to take, if there's decisions there to to make, if if there's an adjustment in something regarding their life or career, or that you would make that clear. I pray that you would confirm to them. It'll still be a step of faith, but I pray that you'll give them clear direction. And I pray now that you would fill them with the mighty Holy Spirit to enable them to live by faith and to bring great glory to You and that great exploits will be done for Your kingdom's sake. Receive. Just receive. Receive from the Lord now. Receive from Him. Lord, pour out Your liquid love, Your grace, Your power now. Fill these, Your people, with Your Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. just want to invite our prayer team some of our prophetic team if you feel led to go up to anybody and pray over them or give them a word you feel free to do that you can remain at the front to just linger in the presence of the lord or even to wait upon somebody to pray for you or you can head back to your seat totally up to you lord we just give you this time holy spirit have your way we just say come holy spirit